Welcome to the Bleep Bulimia Podcast with guest Renee Jones, coach and counselor and author of What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating. Hi, everyone. I'm Lorianne. I'm the host of Bleep Bulimia. And today I welcome Renee Jones. And she is a coach and counselor and author of What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to just start off. Okay, so you do coaching and counseling. Specifically, can you give us an idea of, of, of who your clients would be? My clients are typically women over 40, although when I began, I said, that's, that's my niche, is women over 40. And my first five clients were men with marriage issues. It's like, God has a sense of humor. But it's mostly for, for women and a few men who have struggled with nutrition and diet and weight for, for more than five minutes. Right. And I help them overcome the emotional eating that often sabotages their weight loss plans. That's very interesting. Uh, more than five minutes. Well, you know, I know a lot of my friends who were, you know, skinny sticks in high school. And then it was after they turned 40 that they gained five pounds and they thought they were fat. And it's like, dude, I've been struggling with my weight. I started my first diet when I was 10 because, but reluctantly, my mother was very reluctant about it because I was redheaded and I was quite heavy. And I looked around at all my other little friends and they were blondes and brunettes and thin little things. And I thought, I don't have to be that different. I can't do anything about the hair, but I could do something about the body. So she helped me. Um, but unfortunately, she wasn't any better at it than I was. So I spent 40 years yo-yoing up and down the scale um, until I figured out the emotional eating component nine years ago. And I've maintained my weight since then. Fantastic. And I guess your mother wasn't aware, obviously, of the emotional eating aspect either of it, right? A lot of people, they eat and they say, I just can't stop, but they don't understand what's behind it. Right, right. I mean, we knew that when we were frustrated or sad or lonely or bored, we'd eat. But I, I don't think I had actually heard the word until I ran across it on an internet search. I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. Okay. Now we know what to start working on because we could do the diets for a period of time, but then we'd go somewhere or there'd be a party and we'd abandon it. And instead of learning anything from our experience, we just went back to eating the way it was like, we're free. We can eat whatever we want. It's kind of like going to the gym, right? Like you can work out, work out every day. And then you go for a week without working out. Then you just stop because it's hard to get back on this track. It really exactly. is. It yeah. is indeed. Indeed. And, and it's a sad thing because diet, the word itself has, um, is not about, you know, the losing weight or all that. If you look at the original thing, but now it's like, you know, it, it's a bad word. Really in the sense of it. Do you know, I wrote a blog on this, the toxic diet culture. And I'm thinking, you know, it is a plan meant to help you figure out how to work your body in a better way. It doesn't have to be toxic. I know it becomes that for a lot of people, but it's not the diet that's doing it. It's the mindset. Yeah. And we abuse food, whether you don't eat enough or eat too much. Um, and we make it about our entertainment mm -hmm. and our um, 
comforter rather than about the nutrition that it is. And okay, I'm only five foot three. I don't know about you, but this little body doesn't burn a whole lot of calories throughout the day. So (laughs) it was important to have something, some sort of measure, some sort of scale by which I could judge what I was eating to get to a healthier weight. So yeah, I know there's a lot of negative about it, but it's actually just a tool. I don't have negative feelings. I don't call my hammer toxic. Well, I use my hammer, but I don't call it toxic. Yeah, that's interesting, though, because when you say that, too, once you get used to it, it's like driving a car. It just becomes a natural process, right? I've been been free of limits. And in fact, what day is it today? I miss celebrating it on February 11th. It was 11 years. (laughs) Oh, well done. Congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, and in that I haven't gained any weight either. And I was, that was one of the fears, right? You give that up. Oh no. How am I going to keep that? And I eat at the beginning was harder, um, Mm. to, you know, have a piece of chocolate bar. So I would, I would stay away from those, what we call trigger foods, but Mm. now I have no problem with it because over time, right. It just becomes that way. So if I want a piece of chocolate, I have it, but most often I can't even eat a full chocolate bar. Like two bites. Okay, good. I'm happy Mm. now. (laughs) Mm. Especially if you upgrade your chocolate. If you get the good stuff, it doesn't take as much. (laughs) No, exactly. So in in your process, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, you have a client and they're doing that. Can you give us a little bit of an idea how you work with them? Sure. You know, we seem to think that the cookie cutter diets will work for everyone. But if our... Um, fingerprints and irises and even our tongues are distinct enough that they can be used for individual um, identification, then I'm not sure why we think nutrition is a cookie cutter. So without, without any exaggeration, when I found this particular information, it transformed my life because I actually lost my weight on a low fat, low calorie diet, but I was tired and I was hungry and I was really cranky all the time. <laughs> so I got to my goal weight. It did help me get there, but trying to maintain was incredibly hard. And I was two years later, I was still struggling. And I was thinking, oh, there's got to be a better way. So I found this metabolic test and I took it and it showed me that I needed different foods than what I'd been eating. And I thought, now, I've been low fat, low calorie, and you're selling, saying I can have butter and cheese sauce. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. But I thought, well, if I follow it for a week, I'm not going to do that much damage. So I did. I was 52 years old at the time. I was at my goal weight. And again, I'm only five foot three. So I was 100. How over you? I'm five nine. <laughs> oh for another couple of inches on my legs. Oh my goodness. Um, I lost two pounds Wow! in a week. And I thought, okay, there's something to this, but even more so, okay. I, w- I hadn't been hungry all week. I wasn't tired and God bless my husband. I wasn't cranky anymore. So I thought, okay, I need to learn how to do whatever this is. So I start them out with that. 
because many of them have been on various diets and they know what can work for them, but finding one that fits their body makes it so much easier. So we start with that. I I have a three-pronged process, your body, your baggage, and your best. So we start with the body and I help them stay on track with that. And then we go to the emotional baggage. What's driving you to the food for comfort or stress relief? What's driving you to whatever food disordered eating you have? What's going on behind that? That's just a symptom. That's not what's going on. So we find the root of the problem and deal with that. And then I help them reconnect with their best self. Because I don't know about you, Lorianne, but when I'm working from my best self, I'm better at everything. Absolutely. That's interesting. And uh, with that, so when you're speaking, and and I'm fully with you on that, like, believe me, there's certain things that people say that, like, with me, I notice rice. I gain weight if I eat rice. Wow. And a lot of people say, oh, rice is really good for you. No, and and I've I've become attuned to it. And I really, I'm not like paranoid about anything. I'll have it. But I've noticed, you know, if I do gain a bit of weight and I'd sit there and go, hmm, what did you eat that was different than what you usually eat? I can eat pizza and I can eat toast and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But rice. And Mm -hmm. I thought that's really interesting. Uh, So I would imagine exactly that, that there's things. And like you said, I can have butter. I can have butter. I used to not want to have butter. I have butter. It didn't, it doesn't do it. Doesn't it's fine. I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Green cheese is like that for me. I can have all kinds of other things, other cheeses, other dairy, but cream cheese. mm, I don't know what it is, but it, it likes to stay with me. I, I guess that's the best way to say it, right? It likes to stay with you. It doesn't want to leave you. So, and, and when you become in tune to that, it's really interesting. But you would be scientifically really showing people, like, because you're doing the metabolic tests, they would know mm-hmm. right away. Like, I'm, I just, you know, figured it out by, you know, checking out, uh, you know, a week of having rice. And then you start to think, hmm, something's wrong here. My pants are fitting me as well. I... I don't mind, you know, if I, and that's the other thing too, that, I mean, I think that yo-yo dieting is, is really bad. Like, and I think that you're talking more like, you know, the 10, the 20, then down then 10, 20, like two or three pounds. That's what thing that uh, obsessed me when people go, Oh my gosh, I gained two pounds. That's fine. That's like, you'll adjust to it. Oh, I lost mm. two pounds. Well, you'll adjust to it because your body, I don't know if you're like this, Renee, but I know my body it pretty well stays at the same weight. It might go a little bit up, a little bit down. Hmm. But it, you know, for the last 11 years has really not yo-yoed to 10 pounds more or 10 pounds less. Right. That's called natural fluctuation. Thank you. I like that. (laughs) But I also know that I have an alarm that goes off my head when I've been about four pounds up for more than a couple of days. Really? Because then I know, okay, that's not just passing through. Yeah, it's not leaving. I've got... I've got uh, some portion distortion somewhere. And all it takes is, is paying attention. It's like, okay, no, you put one spoon, not three on your plate. Stop doing that. Because we do, we get creep on things. Yep. And we just have to pay attention. I mean, that's the, one of the secrets to long-term weight loss is recognizing when your waistband gets that little bit tighter and you think, okay, I need to probably pay more attention right now. It's not 
it's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just how the body functions and we have to pay attention to it. We have to maintain this machine. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it's talking to you and, and be aware of it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I would love, and, and this is wonderful. So you've got masters in counseling, um, clinical residency. And I really like the fact you have a Ted talk too. Yeah, that was uh, scary. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Tell us about that experience. Oh, okay. So it has to start at the beginning, which was a year prior to when I was on the stage. And my husband said, hey, you might want to think about speaking. And I said, love, I'm never going to be a speaker. That's just not my wheelhouse. Oh, the famous last words, right? So it took him a couple of months to get around me on this. And I hired my first speaking coach and I did my first public talk and it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, and then he said, hey, there's a TEDx talk over here. If you were thinking about it, they, they're really good at taking people from wherever. Because I had, I had applied to like 20 different places all of which were states I'd never been to because I thought it'd be fun to visit a new state. <laughs> and they were like, so what's your connection to Rhode Island? Um, I've never been there before. I just wanted to come visit. They said, that's not how we do it. I like, okay, fine. So <laughs> I, I applied. I got it. I hired another coach who was really good at these kinds of things. And um, I had, you have to send in three videos. The first one, you're basically just telling them about yourself and what you want to talk about. And then you give the talk basically memorized. You can use a few notes, but they'd rather it be memorized. And the third one has to be completely memorized. When I got to my, my second coach came in between the first and the second. And when I got to the, uh, we got done with the talk the organizer said, you may be the most improved speaker I've ever seen in such a short period of time. And I said, it's, I got a coach who's really good at this. So, you know, the first, you have a dress rehearsal and that was great, except the lights freaked me out because I'd never had that many lights on me before. (laughs) And I just completely forgot my talk. Oh, (laughs) yes. And they were like, you a dress rehearsal. Like, okay, okay. So in the, the morning in the hotel room, I took all the lamps and put them together and took the shades off them so that I was speaking to the bulbs. (laughs) Just to kind of get accustomed to that brightness, right? And then the day of the talk uh, was lovely, uh, much more uh, fun after I said the final thank you. But um, yeah, it was, they put me right before lunch. I said, that's kind of mean. But it went well, and all it, it has done very well. I, I don't know where they all come from. I ran out of friends to say, please go watch this after about 300. And it's up to like, I don't know, 580-some-odd thousand now. So Beautiful. It's fantastic. And so we're definitely going to put them in the notes where we're going to find that so that our listeners can, can listen to that. Yeah. And with that, too, uh, your book, What's Really Eating You? Love the title. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> Well, you know, I think extra weight is often us wearing our issues. And if we can find what is really going on for us, we can find what's driving the behavior, then we can unwind it. 
so you can overcome those triggers that send you to comfort food more often than need be. Because that's the thing. Most foods are fine unless they affect your body differently. You know, um, we do it for allergies. We can do it with food sensitivities. I do better if I stay away from wheat because wheat makes me cranky. Oh. I didn't realize that until I got away from it. Wheat and sugar, they make me cranky. So it's better if I stay away. But you don't know that unless you're paying attention, right? So if we can find the foods that are not helpful for us and just try not to have those very often, then we can have anything we want. If we maintain portion control of some sort, we can have anything we want. Very often, if my husband gets cake somewhere, I'll have a bite or two of his and I'm done. I'm good. It doesn't affect me so much. <laughs> That's interesting as we were talking, like I said, I just moved in with my parents um, in the basement apartment and uh, I love, I used to make her comfort foods. Like that was my thing. Um, now it's fun because I get to eat the comfort foods that my mom's actually making. <laughs> but again, like you said, it's portions. When I was a kid, it was like two, three helpings because mm. I loved it so much. If there was something I really liked, like, you know, her anything, her spaghetti is amazing. I mean, she's Italian, so like she cooks amazing food. Uh, but it was portions, really, yeah. that it came down to. I love her food. I'm going to have it. But if I get full, the nice thing is too, is I'm not at that stage anymore where she says you have to eat everything on your plate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, mom. Yeah. Well, and you know, Lorian, I think my grandmother was a great cook and she made wonderful pies that we didn't necessarily make any other time. So when we went to her house, it was special. And I found I found that if I would just slow down and enjoy the first piece, squeeze every bit of flavor out of every bite and just really enjoy it, then it didn't take that second piece. So I could contain the portion on it. That is so true. And that's one thing that I say to people since I've recovered, which is wonderful. Is I can sit down at Christmas meal or Easter and really enjoy the time with my family, the food I'm eating, because again, eating is slow, you get full, mm. you're done, you don't have to go for a second plate, and you're enjoying all of this together without worrying about, oh my goodness, you know, third, fourth plate later and going, you know, 20 minutes, I got to find a bathroom where no one's going to know that. <laughs> it's freeing, it really is free, yeah. but it's also freeing for anyone, the, the people that you deal with too with the weight is that when you can sit at a meal and, mm. and be comfortable, that's, I think mm -hmm. it's really important. Mm. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm from Texas and my, yes, my grandparents had a ranch. Yes, they did. And we, <laughs> we would go and work the weekend, you know, with whatever they were doing, whether it was turkeys or the cows or, or pigs, whatever it happened to be. So we'd be starving by the time we got to the meal, right? And we would eat until we could hardly move, right? <laughs> and that's not good either. It's like that. Uh, I know she knows we appreciated it, but that's just not good for us. And we've got to find that middle ground of how much do I need? There's going to be food left over. You don't have to worry about that. Right. How much do I need? What can I truly enjoy? 
Absolutely. This is this is wonderful. I just I'm so pleased to have had you as a guest, and uh, I really want people to know where to find you and how to get a hold of you. Love the name of your website, by the way. So I'm looking forward to sharing that. The website is packyourownbag.com. Do you know want to know why? Please do tell. <laughs> well, because I believe the counselor in me says our bags get packed for us as we're coming up emotional baggage gets stuffed in everywhere. And just like when you get back from a trip, you have to get rid of all of the bits and pieces, the gimme pens and your bag. It's important to unpack some stuff that you no longer need, no longer want, rather than dragging it with you forever. But until we unpack, then you cannot pack your own bag for the journey you want to be on rather than the one you fell into. I love that. And that is so true. So very true. Yeah. So yeah. beautiful. And they can find your book on, I would imagine, Amazon. and It's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, is there a link if they wanted to, to simply to go to your website? I would imagine there's a link to your book as well there. Yes. Okay. And it's in Spanish as well, if you want a Spanish copy. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no French? Um, I didn't have a request for French. Sorry. Nobody requested the French version. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, being from Canada, of course, I speak French as well because my mother is French. And uh, so that's uh, why I brought that up. So, because uh, bilingual, right? We are apparently. Love that you were, <laughs> apparently. Uh, love that you, that you were a guest here. Thank you so much. And, uh, and listeners, that all the, the notes and the uh, information to get a hold of Renee will be there for you. Thanks again so much for being a guest. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.